promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. Don't regret this, Lord. I'm a wonderful person. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal which comes upon you to prove you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or a thief, or a wrongdoer, or a mischief-maker. Yet, if one suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but under that name let him glorify God. For the time has come for judgment to begin with the household of God, and if it begins with us, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous man is scarcely saved, where will the impious and sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will do right and entrust their souls to a faithful creator. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is our epistle text for this coming Sunday. This is 1 Peter chapter 4. A few verses in there. And 1 Peter is one of those texts that uh, it's, it's a letter written to a church that is multiply... Uh, persecuted. They, they are persecuted because in, in many ways some scholars believe that they're a, a large percentage of Jewish believers, remembering that Peter definitely was one who was evangelizing the Jewish people in the synagogues and elsewhere. And, and Jews were always looked down upon. They always have been uh, because of the difference in lifestyle, especially those who now hold to a more orthodox, conservative, kosher type life, who, who maybe dress a certain way, wear their hair a certain way, speak in a certain way, worship in a certain way, have certain restrictions on what they can and cannot do. Often, people who are placed in that position get persecuted, get hammered, because they are not like the rest of the world. And it's part of the struggle I think the church has, right, and, and Christians have, is because we, we've often given up those things. We've often set those things aside because in part there is that Christian freedom, right? In which there, there isn't an expectation of kosher living. There isn't an expectation of circumcision. There isn't an expectation of following the law and all these things in order to be saved, which those are all, all good things because we have Jesus and that's it. But at the same time, as Christians, we tend to live a life that is very different from the rest of the world. Well, that was happening with this church here in First Peter. Uh, a large percent of them were Jewish. And then you throw in the fact that a large percentage of them were Christian, right? Because it's the church. Uh, well, uh, the church, especially if you were Jewish converts uh, to the way, 
if you if you found yourself uh, believing that Christ was the Messiah that was promised of old, the son of David, that you were seeing your Jewish faith complete in him, you not only were persecuted by the state as a non-sanctioned uh, religion in which you were not worshiping the emperor or, or Zeus or whoever, but then also you were often persecuted by your own family, by Jews and, and, and others, because you there, there was a feeling as though you had set aside that part of yourself. And so quite often, First Peter is a place that we run to, to try and hear some consoling, some sort of comfort when it seems as though all comfort is gone. And that's what we have here. First, he, he tells, don't, don't be surprised that things are not going to go well for you. If you take a stand for something, you could possibly lose your job today, cancel culture and all that stuff. Uh, you could find yourself put into a position in which, in which you, um, you have to take a stand, not only for yourself, but for the sake of others. And here, the, the church is being told by Peter, do not be surprised as though it's something strange. And in part, why? Because Christ was persecuted. Christ did nothing wrong, and yet he was condemned to death on the cross because he came into the world to destroy all the power sources of every religion we could possibly ever manufacture for ourselves. He came to put religion to death. He came to put to death all the power that we think we have over our own salvation over our own righteousness. And those who believed themselves righteous without Jesus were the ones who stepped forward and said, we want to get rid of him. Because that tells me that all these things that I think I should be doing, I don't need to be doing, and I don't like that because it takes it out of my hands. And so he says that, uh, rejoice. And so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed uh, and he says also, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, you are blessed. If you are, are uh, denigrated because you follow Christ, if you are denigrated because you hold to the creeds, or you denigrated because you have a commitment to this faith that you have, that it's more than just an accessory, that it's more than just some sort of nice thing that you do one day a week, that, that it's actually something that has invaded your life because of what Christ has done, uh, that, that we are supposed to consider ourselves blessed. Why? Because it usually means that it's this work of this Holy Spirit in us, not only to prove us, as, as the word is used here, to um, test us, to, to get out the impurities, but it also, uh, the Holy Spirit then comes upon us to give us assurance in times when we feel that God has abandoned us because we are being persecuted and life is not going well. But then he goes on to say, don't, don't suffer for being a lawbreaker. Don't suffer because you are breaking an actual law, uh, murderer, thief, adulterer, you know, wrongdoer, mischief maker, all these things, right? The idea being don't seek out ways to cause problems with the government, but to take a stand as who you are in Christ for the sake of Christ and the gospel. To take a stand and be prepared for the sufferings that are, that are to come, willing to sacrifice it all for that.
Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will do right and entrust their souls to a faithful Creator. That's the key. That we take on whatever we take on, trusting that God is not only Creator, but He's Resurrector. That not only is, the one, is He the one who redeems us from all our past sins, but He is also one who will redeem us for the fear of death, from the fear of loss, from the fear of thinking that we aren't forgiven from the fear of thinking that we need to do everything on our own. Then we might latch on to Christ, knowing that he will be with us. Even when we feel that all is lost, he will be there. And we give thanks to God that that would be the case, that that would continue to be the case because we need it to be the case for us. Because we look at the world, and it's it's not like as though we are the persecuted church, right? We aren't the persecuted church. We're uh, in America. The most persecution we receive is if uh, Starbucks doesn't put "Merry Christmas" on their coffee cups half the time, and and some people will say, "Well, we're persecuted now because we're being forced to get this vaccine or that vaccine or whatnot." Yeah, well, whatever. That's a political discussion for another day. But to think that there are people, there are Christians in the world who have to make a decision about confessing Christ publicly or being killed. We're not there yet. But whatever cross comes to us, we know for certain that God will be with us. Let's pray. O God, our Father, who by the birth and infancy of thy Son did sanctify and bless childhood, we commend to thy love all children and beseech thee to protect them from every hurt and harm and lead them to the knowledge of thyself and the obedience of thy will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Well, church, go in peace, serve the Lord, and we'll see you tomorrow.